0: The Talking Points podcast is produced in partnership with C. Michael Gibson and org.
1: Justin Ezekowitz and Mike Gibson coming to you from ACC 2022, and we are talking about the Sodium HF study, uh, a trial looking at an intervention in dietary sodium in heart failure patients. Justin, talk to us a little bit about the background of the study, what you did, what you found, and how does it change practice?
0: First of all, thanks for having me on this uh, interview because I, I think this is an important topic for many clinicians as we do this in our daily life. We see a patient and we say, eat less salt in your diet. That's a very standard thing that uh, I've done and I continue to do and many of us uh, would think about. But the background upon which we make this kind of statement is really based on really historical teaching. And we've been doing this for over 100 years without really good science behind why do we actually do this. So uh, as we noticed in our clinical practice, we were doing this all the time. So we decided to really test the hypothesis that does the reduction of dietary sodium lead to an improvement and a reduction in clinical events? And so we looked at the literature and noticed that there's a scant amount of data, good observational data showing that higher sodium diets lead to further clinical events for patients with heart failure. Small clinical trials showing a hint that reducing dietary sodium might lead to fewer clinical events, but really no consistent results across any of the endpoints that we would standardly uh, look at in a clinical trial. So we accordingly designed a trial that was a behavioral intervention really it's a dietary uh, materials or a behavioral intervention Uh, rather than taking the approach that very good uh, trials such as the dash diet uh, the dash trials did which was they you know fed patients each meal each day uh, we took a menu-based approach which was to really um, you know treat patients like they are free living they go home and they make their own meals and cook with their family or friends Uh, So, we took a menu based approach to really understand whether or not that approach would be a better way to do things and more sustainable and pragmatic in terms of how we do the intervention.
1: Tell us a little more about the design, numbers of patients, uh, specific interventions, things like that.
0: Sure. So, we started with the premise that we needed to make this uh, somewhat pragmatic. So, we have six countries, about 26 sites. And what we did with the intervention is we took the menus um, that we could standardly kind of uh, adapt from our own kind of national kind of guidelines as to what would be recommended, adapted them locally, for example, to Chile and Colombia, Australia, New Zealand, and Mexico. Um, And then we uh, enrolled patients which we felt would be most likely to benefit from the intervention, which is those patients with symptomatic heart failure, NYJ class 2, 3. Um, already eating a diet that is over 1500 milligrams a day of, of salt. We wanted to make sure we didn't have people already eating below that in the trial. But then after that, the inclusion criteria were just pretty simple. Do they have heart failure? Yes or no. Um, and The exclusion criteria were, were pretty minimal, um, That other than in, including people that were ambulatory. As in this was not a hospital-based uh, trial, this was an ambulatory trial. Uh, we had 841 patients that were enrolled, uh, equally divided and allocated to one to one and randomized accordingly. The intervention started at very baseline where we assessed their their food uh, into their sodium intake by the three day food records, which we did throughout the clinical trial. Um, that was chosen in a very pragmatic sense as it can be done in a clinical trial, but also in people who are on a diuretic. Three day food records are more meaningful to counsel patients than a urinary sodium. So we kind of had to make a pragmatic choice there. Once patients were in the trial, we assessed them every three months. I uh, got them, gave them appropriate counseling: either usual care, which is follow your general advice that you've been given by your clinicians, um, or eat less than fifteen hundred milligrams of sodium a day in your in your diet based on this menu-based system, which is really st- very straightforward. Um, it, when how did you, you come
1: up? Uh, Justin, excuse yeah. me. How you come yeah. up with that number. I mean, yeah. is there an evidence-based? That you used to come up with that recommendation?
0: Yeah. Well, we were. Uh, it's a great question. We were actually in an evidence-free zone, and so one of the thoughts was how, you know, what level would be reasonable, um, and what's you know current practice. So, in general, the guidelines have been recommending around 2,400 milligrams a day or less, around 2,000 you know, milligrams or less, um, and then the I.O. Um, the Institute of Medicine had a report saying everybody should be eating less than 1,500 milligrams a day. And what we looked at this and said, well, we actually we also don't have any better information. So what if we were to try to achieve that as our goal? So target that as the Institute of Medicine's kind of set their bar. And the evidence is is pretty sketchy on how that comes about. But at least it's one anchor. Um, The other part was we wanted to achieve. Our goal was to achieve about 500 or 600 milligrams of sodium lowering between the two groups, or differences between the two groups. The Canadian um, average for a patient with heart failure is around 2,200 to 2,400 milligrams a day, so it's around there. Oh. Um, so we we kind of made a very pragmatic choice of the 1,500 milligrams a day. So, um, which is I think one of the good questions that people should ask about the the, the trial that we did.
1: And uh, well, what did you find?
0: Yeah. Well, well first of all, we. Uh, We stopped the trial a little early because of a number of factors. We we did have a data uh, monitoring committee to review the first 500 patients after 12 months of uh, complete follow up. And in addition to operational considerations, as well as those during the pandemic, we decided to stop enrollment at at 841 patients. Um, And so, what we had ultimately found on our primary endpoint, which was all cause mortality, cardiovascular hospitalization or cardiovascular ER visit, that there was no difference in the clinical outcomes of that primary endpoint between the two groups. Now, we had about 415 milligrams of sodium difference between the two groups, so we uh, got close to our 500 milligrams of difference between the two groups, but that did not result in a difference in the clinical endpoint that I've just mentioned, that composite outpoint. We interestingly found when we broke it down into the pieces of the component, that there was no difference in the ER visits. There is was numerically lower hospitalizations in the lower sodium group. Uh, so cardiovascular hospitalizations. So that looked like it was trending towards the right direction, but conversely, we found even though there was a low rate of, of all cause mortality, it was, the, it was the, the flip side for the, uh, for the all cause mortality that there looked like. Numerically higher rate of all cause mortality in the lower sodium group. Now, these are low event rate numbers. So I take these as they're not statistically significant, but they're. You take them different. with a
1: grain of salt, so <laughs> to speak.
0: I, I was avoiding saying it, but yes, take it with a grain of salt. So, do so,
1: so how do you put it all together? I mean, um, is this the biggest randomized look at this issue? And, um, you know, how does it change practice?
0: Yeah, well, well, this is the largest trial and it's got the longest duration of any of the trials that uh, have ever been done. So we really have to take this as our kind of best evidence for our guidelines uh, when, when they shape their practice. We had a couple of interesting other tidbits from the trial, which I think will inform um, how clinicians and patients think about this, which is, uh, we also measured the, the quality of life uh, by KCCQ and showed that there was actually a quality of life improvement on the lower sodium diet compared to usual care. And that was very consistent across the overall summary score, the physical limitation score, and all the other metrics of KCCQ. In addition, the NYJ class, there was a higher probability of improving an NYJ class on a lower sodium diet compared to usual care. The six-minute walk test trended the right direction, but not clinically, not statistically significant. So putting that all together is that there does appear to be some effect. And I think an individual patient may choose um, to lower their sodium in their diet and know that there is some potential benefit. Clinicians should be careful about counseling broadly about lower sodium for everybody. I think that's an important message. And I would say the guidelines will have to integrate this in as the largest trial as to how do they weigh the endpoint that, that is not not statistically significantly different between low sodium and usual care. That does drive our how our guidelines think, so we have to put that all in context individually as well.
1: You know, power, statistical power is a prospective issue. It's really dangerous to do in retrospect, but... Can you give us some sense of the statistical power uh, you know, you had with the event rates at hand?
0: Yeah, I think that's a nice key point is we had powered this for 80% power for that primary endpoint and we had a slightly lower than expected event rate, which reduced our power. Uh, and then we stopped early, which further reduced that. And those things really do contribute to how we interpret the trial and our caution around and my conservative um, interpretation of our, our own data. Um, you know, our, without doing a retrospective power calculation, we were underpowered to, to show a meaningful difference in these two groups. Um, you know, that's why the going forward is what is the next trial we do and how do we test this further? And it, that is a larger scope trial to really see if we can move the needle on this and really provide some guidance. But we were underpowered for uh, based on those factors I just mentioned.
1: As a trialist, I know how hard it is to get the job done during a pandemic and now with the war. Uh, Hopefully, after we get beyond those issues, I hope you, Justin, and your collaborators take another look at this issue. Very, very important. Uh, But thanks for contributing to the evidence base. Thanks for joining us today. And thanks to all you for joining us here from ACC 2022.